Welcome back. Welcome back to Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions episode. You were practicing it before. Let's see if you go with your instincts. Sixty-four. That is correct. Thank you very much, everybody. I, I heard you whispering to yourself before Not we started. Sixty-four. Yes. You also looked at the whiteboard that you wrote on and didn't write the number for, <laughs> hoping that would give you the answer. Maybe I was like, okay, maybe if I just look over at the whiteboard, I'll know what I'm supposed to say. Case, how you doing? I'm okay, Jack. Um, I don't really have anything to report. I went back to work. It's a shit ton of work. Feeling very stretched. Today was a nice day off, though, I have to say. Like, I got stuff done and I felt good, but it wasn't like an overwhelming day. Probably because the kid was really busy with her business. So I kind of like made banana bread and worked out and... <coughs> Did some cleaning and, you know. Ran for nine minutes. I know. Nine straight minutes. Listen, this is a big deal because I am not a runner. I'm barely a walker. So, and then I just started at the gym late August at Orange Theory, which is so, it's like my favorite thing to do. It just makes me so happy. And I just one day just kind of started running. And I think I literally did 30 seconds, then a minute, then whatever. And then today I ran in the tr- in the garage and I did it for nine straight minutes, which is a really big deal for me. And I'm very proud of myself. As so. it should be. I didn't bring that up to say like. Yeah. No, no, I know. I know. You guys think it's good, too. You guys are very supportive. Yeah. So it's good. I mean, I feel like I'm going to die. Like I have to really. I, my big thing, though, I really encourage people have really positive self-talk. I used to remember I told you this. Yeah. Yeah, Like about 10 years ago when I used to bike, I used to say really mean things to myself, like call myself fat, like go fat ass. And like, that's how I used to, that's how I thought I motivated myself, but it wasn't, it wasn't good. Now I'm like, you are a beast. You are a strong woman. You can do this. Like now I'm like totally like, and it, it does way better. It's way better for your mental health, too. Yeah, encouragement is definitely the way to go. Yeah, we don't need to be negative. How are you, Jack? How are you feeling? You're still lingering with this sickness, eh? Uh, I mean, kind of. Yeah. It's I definitely feel better. Like Holding on, though, eh? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm also like pretty burnt out. I think I have like mm-hmm. two, week, two weeks mm-hmm. left of school. I have to figure out an internship. Kind of a In lot. In those two weeks? No, well, it's either... I can either do an internship January, February, or March, April. Yeah. Be nice to just do her, though, right? Yeah, kind of. That's where my, my head is at. So, yeah. contacting places. Do they help at all, the school? They give us, like, contacts, but it's on us to actually contact. Which is good. I mean, yeah. You, you kind of have to. It's not everyone's just going to spoon feed you jobs. What? I know. They're not just going to come knocking on our door. I would like to work here. Well, I, I thought about it, and they haven't given me a job yet, so I guess I have to apply. Yeah, I guess you're going to have to do the legwork. <coughs> rude. So rude. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've realized I didn't even tell Dad this. We, we I played hockey this week. We lost 7-3. It was pretty bad. But, but I got a goal and an assist. I heard. There you go. It's a nice goal, too. Was it? Yeah, deflection. Good. Yes. Good. And I thought we were going to... It was close. It was like 3-2. I really want to come see you. You just play so late with the men's league. Yeah, next week is 11-15. I know. I was like, that is the one day I actually could come because I don't work on the Tuesday. So I'm like, oh, I could, you know, maybe sleep in a little bit or whatever. Not that I can even sleep in, but at least mentally I can be like, oh, it doesn't matter because I, whatever. And you play at 11-15. I'm like, oh. Yours is more reasonable of just like, what time is it? So I I can get on board with that. And dad's like, can I drink? Right. Because there's a few arenas around that there. What is it? There's a bar. There's a bar. Like it's like a restaurant bar or whatever that you can watch the game. So he's like, what arena are you at? Because he wants to be at one of those. Whereas I'm like, I just need to know the time. I want like a 730 game. I don't know if we've ever played that early. No, I don't think you have. I think eight has been the earliest. I could do eight. Eight, I could push it. Yeah. I mean, you do. You do watch Survivor. I do tonight. <gasps> Not tonight. We can. It doesn't matter if, uh, we, when we, we're recording. We record it. We record on Wednesdays, guys. So yeah, we watch it tonight. And last week, holy shit, we can't say anything just in case people haven't watched it. But it was um, just. One of those things that you never thought was going to happen, and it happened, and it was well executed. 
I'm going to say speak for yourself. I think I was calling this. Yeah. And you said that individual, the man or woman that was voted out. Yes. Was going to win. And I thought someone's going to be smart enough to realize that person's a threat. Well, he is so dumb, these guys. Like, get it together. Do you not see how this person's playing? Like, that person needed to go, like, four or five episodes ago. Do you not see who's running this show? No, we do as viewers. Yeah. We see who's running it. Now it's pretty wide open. I know. It's exciting. Two weeks left. I know. Bachelorette, two weeks left. So sad when they all come to an end. Mm, I really don't like that you just kind of looped that in there. Bachelorette? Yeah. It's really good season. And then they showed a preview for the next one coming up in January where it's the sky. I don't know, guys. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I mean, I'll still watch it because I have to know the characters that are going to be at Bachelor in Paradise. So I still have to watch it, but I'm not looking forward. This one was stellar. This one was like gold star so far. There's still a few weeks left. They could screw it up, but yeah. Okay. Carry on, Jack. All right. Today, we're going to do our top 100 movie challenge, Goodwill Hunting and the Avengers. Just a really good week. This was my favorite week. It was my favorite. You have like... Marvel movie, fun, whatever, action, whatever, like it just brings you happiness and goodwill hunting. If I had to, if you, if you gun to my head, I had to pick a top 10 movie list, it would 100% be in it. It's one of my favorite movies. I think it's just so well done. So I think I'll throw it out as a tease. Maybe, maybe we end this year with our top 10 movies Ooh, of all time. All time. I started kind of a list of just trying to like figure it out. Maybe we don't even necessarily have to rank them, but we can just have it. That's a that's a good idea. I don't like the idea of ranking them, but I do like these are my top 10 favorite movies. Yes, I like that. And you know what? It might be fun if we throw it out to our audience of four people like Lisa and Tyler could answer and whatever. Right. Siri Annie sometimes listens to. So they could let us know their their top, top 10. So we can we could do a little comparison. I love knowing people's top 10 stuff well, or top. We know, we know Tyler will have Donnie Darko. Stop. I always thought it was his favorite movie. That was the best. Was when you brought that up and he was like, no. Like, no, it's not my favorite movie. I don't know why I thought it was. Anyways, I really thought it was his favorite movie. Yeah. I'm going to make him pick a top 10. Okay. I'm going to make him. I'm going to make everybody that I know. I was going to say, is Meg's going to be across the universe? Uh, not goodwill hunting um dazed and confused yeah um i know she watched venom yeah i don't think she i don't know if she'd put that on the list she might do like maybe um dune because she just saw it yeah we'll see if we can get her back on you know it started out as such a good theory of like we're gonna have meg on every week and she's gonna tell us what she's been watching and it was and it worked when she was more bed ridden whereas yeah. now she's a little more mobile and so she's got her business back up and running and she's you know she doesn't she just doesn't like tv she's still doing yellowstone i know that but she just i don't think she's watched anything since even last week she wasn't even supposed to watch goodwill hunting with us today and did not i don't know everybody's different jack yeah i'm still sitting on the last episode of ted lasso <gasps> i just don't know if i can do it it's hard, especially I saw not like a giant spoiler for like where I'm already at. Like you're you're behind like at least one major event. Okay. 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 I know. Dad's but, on vacation next week. Maybe we can hammer some out. I mean, I'm still working when he whatever, but. No, this last this last thing that's going to happen, though, is pretty, pretty heartbreaking. Oh, my God. I'm so nervous. And there's only one more season. Yeah. They're going out on top. Yeah, I think so, too. Especially because there's one episode where they really took a creative outlook on an episode. And I could see what they were going for, but it just it wasn't for me. Like, it oh, okay. just to me wasn't it wasn't what fit the show. I liked that they tried something different, but it just it kind of it kind of fell flat. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I think I'm on a, like five, four or five. Maybe? Yeah, that's about where one of those events happens. Yeah. Pretty, anyway. pretty cool. And then, did I say the other thing we're doing? What are we doing? Uh, we're picking our top 10 movies of 1994. And for those yes. who don't know, it's, I would argue, looking through the movies, 
might be the best year of movies, at least in recent memory. Yeah, 90s are pretty great. Everyone talks about the 80s movies because of, like, John Hughes and stuff, but 90s movies are pretty great, too. Like, they have some pretty kick-ass movies in there, too, so. But we just specifically went for 94 because it was just such a big year. Speaking of 1994. Okay. Our first movie challenge a script written in 1994. Oh, nice, Jack. 1997's Goodwill Hunting, directed by Gus Van Sant. Mm-hmm. I really, this was like Mandela Effect that I really thought Rob Reiner directed this. Oh, really, eh? But he um, he was a part of like this, not the script itself, but he was pitched the script and he got that, he got them to remove like a pretty significant portion of the script which was the cia stuff or yeah or the it's, spy it's it's like the what if of this movie that the whole movie was supposed to be like the first half and then the second half was supposed to turn into like this thriller that like he's still like will will i always want to call him goodwill hunter mm-hmm. he's still will but the government's trying to chase him down which i could kind of see they almost set up because like he visits with the nsa at one point yeah and... i put that in my notes too like he has an nsa like interview yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know or just want to hear about it, Will Hunting, a genius janitor, I think is just the perfect description yes. of him, uh, solves a graduate level math problem, but also uh, gets arrested for assaulting a police officer. So he must uh, so he gets treatment from therapist Sean McGuire. Mm. I kind of I didn't write it, but it's kind of I forgot the process before they get to robin williams character Mm -hmm. right that he's just like fucking with all these therapists oh my god is the best so the first one is well let me just go back a little bit because i have to say so like he sees so there's a group of four boys okay and they all hang out together it's ben affleck it's casey affleck so his brother in real life and cole hauser who is now on yellowstone for those of you who don't know, go look at a picture. Like, it's un- almost unrecognizable. I've always loved Cole Hauser, though. Like, even in that movie, I was like, there's something about him I found really magnetic. Anyway, so it's about these four guys. And Will is a genius. I think he's, like, 20, right? And he is a genius. And they all, like, they don't, they live in Boston. They just, like, drink beer and they smoke cigarettes. And they they're, live. They're southeast. southeast yeah, Pacific. like, they're just, yeah. So, and they, they just work kind of crappy jobs and whatever, right? Um, but I find the, so before we get to that, like the fight scene that you were saying is I think when, when they're setting this up immediately, we see as an audience that these guys will go to bat for one another and they're the most loyal friends. Like this will wants to beat up this guy because of something in kindergarten. I don't know, like something stupid, right? Yeah, like, like a childhood bully, like a childhood thing. And so he's like, let's Oh, there he is. And then they pull over and then the four of them all get out and they beat the crap out of them. And then he ends up getting arrested because he goes a little too far. Um, so he ends up getting arrested, but he had just solved this math problem. So the math professor comes looking for him and then they strike that deal and then enter he's got a he his deal plea is that he has to have um therapy because he's been he's an orphan he's been through some major trauma with um foster home foster care um so he has to do therapy so that's his deal so he goes to see the first therapist and he's like he had read his book and this guy has like photographic memory while hunting like genius beyond genius right and so he reads his book and then he just starts like fucking with the therapist like he just he just knows how to like get under people's skin and then the second therapist he goes to see he's he he tries to hypnotize them and then he starts like going you know kind of making up the story and then it ends with him dancing and then the therapist you just they get frustrated with him because they start singing yeah so he's just like i'm not doing this right and then he finally um they get robin williams to come and their first first meeting is really intense, like, because he talks about this painting. And then, so, he, you know, he's over there, Will is looking at this painting, and he, and he says to him, like, he's analyzing it, whatever. And then he says something about his wife. And Robin Williams, Sean, takes him by the neck and is like, don't you ever disrespect my wife like that. And then... You think, okay, he's going to be done too, but he sticks with him. And then that's when we get the park bench scene. 
yeah, I was gonna say even before that, as much as I love the how do you like the maple scene, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it makes sense for the character. It's good development, especially they're in the bar and there's the uh, it's not the twins. I was thinking of the social network. Um, there's the smart guy who's quoting and he's like, oh, did you read this book? And he's kind of challenging and it he shows off his his smarts by also shitting on another guy yeah which is kind of like his character encapsulated yeah for and then sure. he gets her number and is outside a diner and he's like oh do you like apples he's like what he's like, yeah. do you like apples yeah and then he puts up because he got mini driver's number skyler skyler yeah he's like oh, how do you like them apples right because this guy was being that kind of like that douchey guy that you just picture you know, would be like, oh, and, you know, he's making kind of starts putting down Ben Affleck, who's that's again, Matt Damon's like buddy, ride or, ride or die guy. So he's going to stick up for him. So then he puts him in his place. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that, though. It's good. It just kind of shows, again, you're setting up how these guys will do anything for each other with all these scenes. Right. So then he ends up kind of dating. Well, no, they date Skylar and and Will. Um, but anyways, the park bench scene is probably one of my favorite scenes in like a movie or it's just so well done because the way he, Robin Williams, um, is sitting there and then, you know, Will sitting there. I don't think he says one word, but he's saying like, okay, if I asked you about the Sistine Chapel, you would be able to rhyme off everything about it. But do you know what it's like to go in there and smell it and see it with your eyes? And I think he, the way he does it is, it's so um, brilliant because it's like, he's not putting him down. He's not like, he's just, he's skirting around the idea that, yeah, you're smart, but you're not living your life. Like you're just sitting in your reading books. Like you have to go out and experience it too. And I think that's the first step of their like trusting one another because he kind of walks away and he's like your move chief like he kind of puts him in his place and then he just walks away and it's like you know like basically like I don't need to do this so if you want to do it I'm I'm here but I don't need to right yeah the amount of like different like great conversations they have Mm -hmm. like you can see their relationship really build build and they have a rapport to the point where when they're having arguments will is saying like come on sean don't do this sean like he kicks him out and he's like sean please don't do this like yeah you could see they really built a real connection yeah he actually trusts him and i don't think he's ever trusted anyone besides his friends yeah so but then i what i do like about it too is i think will also helped him because he had lost his wife yeah they challenge each other Right. He's like, well, Will's like, well, what are you doing? You're just sitting in here. You're not living either. And he's like, you know, would you ever get married again? And he's like, no, my wife's dead. And he's like, yeah, that's why I said remarried. Like, right. Like he's like married again. Yes. So and he's just like, no, like, but in the end, I think it is he's helped him too see that, you know, you got to kind of take your own advice too. Right. Yeah. It's a good analogy they use about poker and anting up and He's like, it's okay. So you you lost that hand. Like you're just gonna fold now. You're just gonna walk away from the table. And even at the end, he said, "I'm I'm putting my chips back in." Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And their relationship with Skyler and Will is um, it's so interesting. I mean, they were dating in real life during this movie, I think. But you can really see the chemistry. Like I loved their chemistry in this movie when they were just in the toy shop and they're trying on stuff and they're just being silly and they're, you know, like they have it seems natural like they're eating a burger and then they go in for their first kiss and they have burgers all in their mouth like it just felt natural it didn't feel like you're watching a scene of a movie it just felt like you're watching like a real couple which I really liked and she has some really powerful um moments in this movie and I think she got shit on a lot in the end of this like afterwards from this movie because they did break up and I guess it was a little messy so I think it got I don't know. It was like a weird, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember it being kind of a weird thing. But the scene where she does ask him to go to California with, and then he, because he is who he is, he, he puts can't, his guard up. He's, he just like, I can't accept that you want me to be with you. Like I just can't. So instead I'm going to cause a whole fight and I'm going to be really mean to you. And, um, it's really powerful though. Like it really, 
it just chokes it chokes me up right mm-hmm. well i cried multiple times in this movie i always do even though i know what's coming it's and for me it's only the it's not your fault that, that was the only one that got me just because again it was such a genuine reaction yeah like it would like the way like the way he broke him down of just it's not again if you just look at it not even verbatim if you look at the script it's just him saying it's not your fault yeah but he just kind of changes the tone he gets quieter and he gets closer and then eventually when he breaks down he starts crying and for me it's not like the crying is really good like it is a good emotional scene but it's the way he hugs him and he's kind of like clenching his back and it's just like he doesn't know what to do that was what felt real to me yeah like he really he really broke him down but in a good way because once you're broken down like that you can build back up and you can kind of you know get you know make make peace with your past and look forward to your future and I think he did that so so well um and then the scene right before that is another one of my well I love everything about this movie so but when Ben Affleck and him are at the construction site Mm -hmm. and he is telling Ben is telling him like the best part of my day is when I drive up to your house for that 10 seconds before I knock on your door and I hope that you're just not gone because he's like, if you're still here in 20 years, that is such a, like, it's such a waste. And I love Matt's response, though, because it is very, like, well, what's wrong with that? Like, I'm building someone's houses. Like, he really sees value. Like, he's not, um, he's very humbled by what he has. He almost thinks of it as a curse. Like, he's like, yeah. well, I didn't want this. Like, this isn't what I want. Why do I have to do something with it? Why can't I just build a house, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he has a really hard time accepting that he is that way. But I think it's also that guy played by Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. Um, the one who who gets the deal for him and stuff. And he, he really pushes him. And, and But sometimes a little too much. Like where it's like, but he might not want this. Like Robin Williams is always saying to him, but he might not want that life. But he's like, but that's such a waste. Like he's got a brilliant mind. But it's like, okay. Yeah. And even the argument like Skarsgård and Robin Williams have of like, like I need to keep pushing him because if mm-hmm. I push him, that's how it worked for me, and that's how I got to where I am. And he said, if if you do that, you're gonna ruin him more. Like he's just learning to trust people. Yeah. And if this isn't the life he wants, then we can't force it on him. We just you we have to build him up instead of just hoping tearing him down is gonna work. Yeah. And I like it because he came in in the middle of that scene well, and he, so for him to see like he's really standing up for him, and I don't think he's ever had someone in his corner. And he doesn't want anything from him. Everybody wants something from him, you know, in his life, except for his boys. But I mean, I'm sure throughout, you know, like they've all want this and they, you know, we want you to be a mathematician. And he's like, why do I, I don't want that though. Right. I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to crack codes and sit in an office. Like he just doesn't see value in it. Right. Yeah. And for me, the, like my favorite scene of the whole movie is, they're talking about the 1975 World yes. Series. And to me, like, obviously it's the sports part, so that's where people assume I'm going to go with it. Not only is the editing amazing. So good. Because they cut in between actual footage from the game and them acting it out. Because, it's again, it's one of those bonding moments where he's like, well, you remember the 1975 World Series? They're both from Boston. They're both from the same area. So, obviously, they love the Red Sox. And this is game six of the World Series. And instead of going to this game, he meets his wife and gives the tickets to his friends. But he tells the whole story of the game first. And he's mm-hmm. like, you remember he hits the home run yeah. and Carlton Fisk cheering is and, he's yeah. pointing, he's going insane and they're acting it out together. And it w- seemed like such a fun scene. Like you could feel the energy for yeah. both of them. And then he goes, I can't believe you're at that game. And he's like, oh, oh. I, was, I wasn't at the game. No. I gave up my ticket. And he's just like, what? For your for a girl? Like he couldn't believe it. And he's like, your friends like couldn't have let you live that down. And like he just has this explanation of like he, yeah. he justified it to his friends. Yeah. This is this is her. This is the woman. So I'm going to forego. And then he's like, I don't regret a minute of that. Right. It's the, you know, great decision. Casey <sighs> Affleck, definitely the underrated part of this movie because yeah. his character is just <laughs> he's so such an ass. But and, and like they're at like Ben Affleck's mom's house and you could hear from upstairs listening, watching whatever to porn. Yeah. And he's like, can you please stop doing that in my mother's bedroom? <laughs> right. And he has this like baseball glove and he's like why do you have my little league glove? And he's like, he's like, were you humping it? And he's like, no, I, I was using it for, for the cleanup. Clean yeah. Like, and he, he like, and they all just laugh. Like yeah. it, it was one of those, like, that's just what friends would do. Like even whether it happened or not. Yeah. Yeah. It was still a great joke. 
Well, and I think what made the mu- this movie so um, like magical is because they had this report. Like they were all friends, and obviously Casey and Ben are, are brothers, but they all grew up together. All four of those guys, so it didn't feel like it just felt natural. Like everything about this movie feels natural. It doesn't feel like you're watching a movie, right? Yeah. Like it's just so it's so well done, and I mean. To get them on the scene, to get Matt and Ben out of this, like, because I guess they were going out for roles and they were getting things, but nothing. So they decided to write a movie and it took them like quite a few years to write it and then do the editing and stuff and then find someone and finance it. And all of that stuff took so many years. So what a gift. I remember when they won the Oscar, like I was more excited about them winning the screen original screenplay than anything else that happened because it was just so exciting. Like they were jumping up and down on stage and they were just like, you know, some it, kids from Boston. Yeah, I was going to say, it felt like two kids. Yeah. Like they, they did it and look at their careers and look what they've given us. They're a gift to Hollywood. I think anyway. The only part that is kind of difficult is this is Miramax and this is probably yeah. Weinstein's company, which yeah. I'm not trying to give him credit, but I just found this as an interesting fact that uh, originally there was another production company that bought it and, they they didn't want to make it so they just kind of left it up for someone else to buy it and Weinstein and Miramax ended up buying it and in the middle of the script there's like a mid-scene oral sex thing that doesn't happen in the movie but they put it in the script and Weinstein asked them about it and they said well we put it in there to see if people were actually reading it oh I like it uh Matt Damon also wrote in he was in a Harvard playwriting class okay and instead of handing in a one-act play he wrote a 40-page script, which ended up uh, being, well, not exactly the movie, because he said verbatim the only scene that remained in the movie was the first scene between Sean and Will. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, they finished the script in 1994 and started pitching it around, and Rob Reiner was the one who said, take out this third act or whatever it just doesn't make sense it doesn't i just can't imagine that in there i feel like it would be a completely different movie Mm -hmm. um a lot of this was filmed in toronto oh fun especially mit for this movie was u of t university of toronto uh their like mathematics consultant was a physics professor from u of t i was gonna say you'd have to have somebody math (coughs) smart on that because there was a lot of equation stuff right yeah um Trying to see. Oh, when they were pitching it, they wanted to star in it, but studios wanted more of the Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. and I think it's specifically they those two were pitched about it or were pitched back to Ben and Matt. Right. It just wouldn't have worked because they they're great actors, but the French the friendship part of it just kind of gets pushed to the wayside because it is so natural. Yeah, yeah. I could see Leo and Matt's spot for sure i can't see i can't see brad pitt there i can see leo though doing it but um i just think it's just why why mess with goodness right yeah especially when you get two boston boys the Mm -hmm. accents are pretty yeah are they are spot on yeah um few oscars robin williams won original screenplay that was sad when i first saw him come on the screen i was like man and then for some reason i went down this like rabbit hole of thinking like so many we've lost so many stars and like too soon and then i started started thinking about them and i was like okay back to the movie (laughs) like don't think about that because that was a sad one he was too young right like it was just yeah and it's also it's one of those it doesn't matter how long it's been when you see him and you see that presence, yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't change what happened. No. He was so he was such a like what a magical little being. Um, I think that's everything. I know. I could talk about this movie for hours. Not, I love it. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's just such a good scene. Like it just really it just breaks it down. Like he's looking at these photos of him. <coughs> You know, and he's got like he's looking at the the file on him or whatever, and he's just all bruised and right because of how he's been treated in foster care, and he's just like it's not your fault, and he's like yeah I know yeah I know, and he's like it's it's not your fault, and he's like yeah yeah yeah, and then it just slowly just breaks it right down right where he's just like he gets uncomfortable and whatever, and he just keeps going and going at him, and then he just breaks down so. It's so good. I think not only just in that scene, I think that was the culmination of their relationship or like even the one session they had 
for an hour straight, they just didn't say anything. They didn't say one word. And no. he knew exactly what he was doing. He tells Stellan Skarsgård, like, he was doing it because he had to prove that he doesn't have to talk to me. Yeah. If he doesn't want to. Right. Yeah. And he's like, I'll just sit here. I'll... The one time he was just whistling and then he falls asleep and, you know, and then he finally starts talk talking and, you know, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I know. One of, the, a, one of the top tens. Such a good movie. Got to be in that conversation. Yeah, for sure. Our other movie, 2012's Avengers. Yep. The very extensive notes you have. I know. I don't have any notes. Uh, directed by Joss Whedon. Again, another I know. problematic figure. But we still like this movie. We love this movie. And it's uh, when Thor's evil, evil brother Loki steals an energy cube, which we find out is the Tesseract. Nick Fury, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., must assemble a, teams, a team of Earth's mightiest heroes. Yeah. The first one where we get them all together, really, right? Like where we... They all have to work together for this commonality. And the first scene is, is like, it was that when Nick goes in. Oh, Stellan Skarsgård's in this one, too. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. Stellan Skarsgård week. Wow, that's crazy. Um, is that the opening scene or whatever when he shows up and then Hawkeye's up in the rafters? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great opening scene, right? Because then he kind of blows the place up and he low-key does the thing on their chest and what it, what would you call that like a mind mind control mind control or whatever with Stellan's heart him and um and Hawkeye you don't want to keep saying Stellan Skarsgård no it's a lot Stellan uh yeah so then Loki has those two kind of under his under his command and then the whole place is like blowing up and it's a good it's a good start to it because then you're like uh oh We's in trouble. Yeah, David David Fincher talked about uh, the limitations with Marvel movies and the uh, inability, like the creative control that you don't have. This is a three-act movie, and I'm not going to spoil everything, but quickly, um, the first act is your setup. Again, it's Loki's arrival, the evil plan he has. The second half of the first act is recruiting all the Avengers mm-hmm. and finding them, and Tony doesn't want to, and they have to find... Bruce Banner and well they gotta get Natasha too it's like it's one of my favorite with her because she's tied up to a chair yeah these idiots are giving me everything, <laughs> everything I want. and they're all like what we have you tied up and then she's like all right I gotta go <laughs> uh act two which is the confrontation again kind of split into two as well um the heroes uh stopping Loki like they have that scene where he has them all kneel and they like steal the person's eye. Yeah. They stop him, but they're not working together. They don't trust each other. Right. We get the scene in the forest where Thor and Captain America and Iron Man are all fighting, fighting and because they're just dumb boys. Yeah. Um, they get into shield secrets and the whole Tony and Captain America facing off against each other. They just, it started from day one with these two. Yeah. Especially. Right? They just don't agree. Watching it back, it made me think, okay, it does make more sense that they don't get along because Captain America, like Steve Rogers, just sees Tony as just a less evolved Howard Stark. Right. Right. Who, like, he wasn't really the biggest fan of, anyways. Yeah. Like and just, also, you're talking like some guy who was born in the 19. 19- 20s or whatever right and then somebody newer so he's probably got that old school mentality right and yeah and they just they view thing I think their end goal is always the same I just think the way they want to get there they want to execute it differently do you know like so they just battle and they're both those alpha males so they're just always c- conflicting but Man. then Tony's funny so and he just knows how to get like under people's skin, right? Mm-hmm. Take away the suit. What are you? Yeah, billionaire. What does he say? Billionaire, Gen- genius, billionaire, billionaire, playboy, play- philanthropist. Yeah. And then I think it's Nat that's just kind of like, you know you what, know, kind of shrugs like, yeah, it's n- not wrong. It's true. Yeah. And even before that, when when Tony's trying to get the Hulk to come out of Bruce, and he's like jabbing him yeah. with stuff, yeah. and he's like, you know, I like all the all the smart stuff you do. I also like when you turn into a big green raging monster <laughs> yeah and even in that scene he offers bruce a snack and that wasn't scripted at all it was just robert downey jr hid like snacks all over the set okay and he just was offering it to people right in the middle of scenes 
Um, the second half of Act Two is failing to stop Loki after they have him trapped, and he they allowed during their fighting. It allows Loki to escape. Mm-hmm. We have Agent Coulson face off with Loki, and so sad. Yeah, um, mm. just signing. He just wanted his card signed. He did. Um, they all get separated for the most part because Hulk, Hulk gets thrown off. Thor gets trapped where Loki was trapped. Mm-hmm. And after Thor and Hulk fight, which was pretty cool. Like, I forgot they'd set it up that much going into Ragnarok. They yeah. like, would have had that much rivalry before. Right, right. And it's Coulson's death, which is their coming. It's almost it's their Mufasa moment. Right. Where they have to they have to. It's for him, like yeah. you know. Like, Steve and Tony have this good conversation, and they realize they're gonna need each other. They're gonna they're gonna have to work together, and they get Clint back. They get him out of his mind control, and it's everybody then gearing up for Act Three. And Act Three is just fighting. Yes, and yeah, it's full action scene with now, everybody. Work together. Put aside our differences. Stop the bad. And guy. then Natasha has to get Clint. That's the only reason she comes and does it. Right. Because she's like, I'm not doing that. And then she's like, it's it's Hawkeye because they're like best buddies. So she then has to get Clint kind of back off the mind control. So Mm -hmm. she's got to do that. She actually carried a lot. She went and got Bruce Banner and then she almost got killed by him. And oh, Natasha. Um, The stakes in this, like it's hard because once you compare it to the Infinity War and Mm -hmm. Endgames of Mm -hmm. the world, it's okay. The stakes aren't as high. Right. But in the moment, and I just love stylistically how this movie looks. Like, I find no other MCU movie looks like it. Yeah. Like, it just looks very, like, clean yeah. throughout. And uh, the characters specifically, and I know you're not going to like this, because to me, there's five characters that just, that you kind of learn a lot, or they learn a lot in this movie. Right. The only two that aren't really a part of that are Clint and Natasha. Be- right. Because Clint's on the bad side for the first little bit, or maybe first half of the movie. Yeah. And Natasha does all the recruiting, but she's still just kind of in the background. I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think she is at all. I think she's got some good scenes, and I think she's got, like, the scene at the end when they're fighting, and she jumps up on the on the space thing, and she's fighting them, and... I don't know. I think it's also maybe just her arc wasn't revealed at that time. Yeah. That's, now we have the whole context. That's fair. That's a fair comment. But I think she's still a huge part of, of the movie, right? Like, I think she does a lot and she's, yeah. Like, like Tony has to learn how to play with others. Yes. <laughs> Steve learns that there's still hope and freedom in the world. Right. That he didn't, that he didn't die. Yeah. Go into the ice for nothing. Right. Uh, Bruce finally has gets acceptance and it's with the Avengers, mm-hmm. whether he's Bruce or the Hulk. Yeah. Either way, they accept him. Thor realizes that whatever relationship he had with Loki, the life he had with, with Loki is gone. Right. He's they're just on different paths. Yeah. And Loki himself is almost sympathetic. Yeah. Like you almost not feel bad for him, but you kind of understand after seeing the first Thor and he's just pushed to the wayside and your Thor's brother, like he just wants to prove himself. Yeah. And Natasha also gets the information from Loki of what the plan was. Don't, don't get me started on Natasha, man. Okay. All right. Um, uh, what else do I have? I feel like I wrote a lot and then I just, I, I think it's also just sometimes superhero movies in general, and you can even throw in the star Wars or Lord of the Rings of the world. The story is just, it's very simple. Simple. And it doesn't need to be complicated to be good. No, it doesn't need to be complicated at all. Because I think actually when you complicate (laughs) it, like you lose people. People don't really understand what's going on. Like this is a very simple, like there's a Tesseract. We need it back because they're going to come and destroy our world. That's Mm. it. Right? And you get the last little bit of the movie of just like, you get to see everybody's powers. Yeah. And and Natasha's what? Gun. Mm-hmm. she's a gun listen my friend i'm not saying this is this isn't and this isn't a diss on her i just don't think they really gave her enough not even screen time they didn't make her as much of a main character as they should have right right 
as much. I'm just saying because of yeah. all the alpha males that are in front of her. I know. That's why I'm thinking they should have. Even Maria Hill had a couple of, like, she knew. She knew at the very beginning she, something was up, and then she's driving in the car. Like, they try to put these, like, women in there, and I think they, you know, I think it's gotten better yeah. in the MCU, but... I love um I love this scene when they're on the helicarrier and someone's playing like Gattaca or something. That's one of my favorite scenes of just like is he playing a game? Right. <laughs> He's like no, no. I wouldn't do that. No, no. Um ultimately like at the end of the fight scene as much as like being a genius billionaire playboy philanthropist is a great line. This is kind of it feels like it's especially the the arc of the whole movie to me feels very like Hulk oriented. Right. Right. And you get to the end and Tony's leading this big giant spaceship and you know, Bruce, it's a, it's a good time to get angry. Mm -hmm. And he just says, well, that's my secret. I'm I'm always always angry. angry. Yeah. And can just magically turn into the Hulk, which again, turn. hmm? Sorry. I was just going to say when he shows up on the motorcycle, like Uh Bruce Banner and he's just like, they're all fighting and whatever. And there's like a bit of a pause. And then they, he shows up and they're like, okay, so we're going to need the other guy. <laughs> and it's kind of, it again, sets up the arc. A lot of people are like, oh, they, did, they didn't do enough with Hulk. But I think you just kind of have to pay attention to his story. Because especially when you get to the Infinity Wars of the world and the Endgame, like, he has a lot of development that's just not always in the forefront. Right, right. No, I agree. For sure. Um, This is probably... It's kind of sad to say this but like is this the third best avengers movie um it's hard for me because i think of like a couple like civil war which is captain america and i think of um civil war and is there another one i think of that as avenger movie like i don't think of that as no a captain america movie no it is kind of like avengers two and a half right like i don't know why they did that because everybody's in it like why would you like everybody's in it not yeah. just like not just like a few characters, like all the characters are there. Yeah, they, they civil war. They civil warred it. <laughs> Maybe second. I, I, the more I've watched Endgame, the more I've not thought of it less, but just felt like there was so much jammed into it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, it's, that's it though. There's not gonna be any more Avengers. I don't know. There will be. Like with these guys? Well, I mean, a oh. lot of them. Are no longer with us. I mean, not not around, but yeah. Now there's Avengers five planned. Okay, it's just funny to me because I just don't understand who's going to be in it. But so it'll be Doctor <gasps> Strange. Yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. Probably, maybe more than one Spider Man. Right. Shang Chi. Oh, that's good. That was a really good movie. Uh, well, maybe not Hawkeye, but maybe Kate Bishop. She might be young Avengers, but there's enough Captain America. Oh yeah, and Infinity Winter Soldier. <gasps> Hello, Sebastian. I think they have this new era, Wanda. Yeah, Wanda might. I don't know. She's in the mountains right now. Yeah, we'll find her. Yeah. Next March or no? Wait, they pushed it back. Next May. Oh, boy, oh boy. We'll find out. Hey, I mean, at least we got Spider-Man tickets. I know. Good job, Jack. Thursday, 6.30. Yeah, so the movie comes out on the Friday, but we're going Thursday night because we're really special. I would honestly go an hour before that movie starts. Yeah, just to, like, get our popcorn, even though we have assigned seats. Yeah, just to get the popcorn and make sure I want to be there and see every single frame of the intro. I want to see, I don't think it's Tanner anymore at Cineplex, but whoever does the Cineplex show, Yeah, yeah. I want to know all about it. All of it. I'm down. You know that. I'll sit there hours before our movie. Yeah, that's music to your ears. We're not even going to be the first ones to see it. It comes out a day earlier. Like, comes out the Wednesday in Britain. What? Well, that doesn't make us special. Are you sure you don't want to fly fly out to the UK? You never know. If I won the lottery last night, maybe. And you can go to Rain Tree Court. <laughs> I have my house picked out in Collingwood. So now I just keep saying it so that I'm like, it's like a manifesting. I'm like, I keep just keep saying it out loud. Like I live there. It might be the best house I've ever seen. I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty it's in love pretty, with it. It's pretty nice, even though we both got promised the apartment. No, you didn't. I promised you this house. I you said didn't. you would stay here because you're in school. I don't know what you're talking about. You said the side apartment so that we, we would have our own space. Yeah. No, I did not say that. You did. It's okay. We'll, we'll let it go. <laughs> okay. 
Our top ten movies of 1994. One of the best. One of the best years of film. And I'm going to start this list off with the amount of sports movies that came out that didn't get on my list. Really? <clears throat> Hoop Dreams, which was a documentary, but okay. very well acclaimed. Angels in the Outfield. Aww. Little Giants. Right. Uh, Little Big League, mm. which I loved as a kid. Uh, Blue Chips with Shaq. Uh, Above the Rim, which had Tupac. And Major League Two. Wow. So those are all the sports movies that didn't get in. There's only one sports movie that got in. but I know which one it'll be. We'll talk about it. Okay. Why don't you start us off? Okay, well, I have two honorable mentions. Okay, so top 12. Okay, yes. Well, because my top 10, once I started looking, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a banger movie. I like that movie. So anyway, my honorable mentions, The Santa Claus. Okay, Christmas time, great movie. Tim Allen becomes Santa Claus. It's so good. The other ones are not good, but the first Santa Claus movie is great. And I also put Lion King in my honorable mention. Uh, I'll tell you right now, both of those are on the list. On your top ten? There's a movie I left out that might seem ridiculous, but I haven't seen it. So So you can put it in. Yeah. Okay. So your number ten. So my number ten is called Bad Girls, and it is a super cheesy Western movie with Madeline Stowe, who I used to be so obsessed with her. Uh, She's just not. She doesn't really act anymore, so... And Drew Barrymore, Mary Stuart Masterson, and Annie McDowell. And they play these, like, prostitutes in the Western. And they're all, like, just best friends. And I don't know. There's just something about it. I love it. The bad girls. They're bad. Uh, My number 10 is Ace Ventura. Okay. Pet Detective. I think the more that I've watched him carry, I've just appreciated Mm -hmm. the movies he's done. Still don't like Dumb and Dumber. This came out this year and did not put it on my list. No, me either. But... Just Ace Ventura is just, it's great. It's probably, like, out of his comedic roles, probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little over the top for me, um, but I do, I can appreciate how people would think it's funny. But it's not my type of humor. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, My number nine is The Crow with Brandon Lee, who unfortunately passed away during this movie because of a gun accident, which we've now seen. Um again just recently and it is I haven't obviously seen this movie in a really really long time so I don't know if it holds up that's what I'm going to say for a lot of these movies I don't know if it holds up but I remember at the time when it came out I loved it it's like a really unique love story but it's got like action but then I was watching the trailer and I was like huh kind of looks a little cheesy now but I'm going to go with my memory of really loving it at the time and I'm not going to ruin that by watching it again Fair enough. Yeah. I like to keep that memory because I lo- I remember loving it. Had good music in it. And it was like, yeah, like, again, the beautiful, like, it's a pretty cool love story and stuff. My number nine is Miracle on 34th Street. Aw. Again, Christmas time. Not yeah. the only Christmas movie that will be mentioned. But, again, it's a classic that I probably won't watch again. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with where I, where I remember it. I liked the old one. I liked the original. So I don't know if I ever saw that one. I was like, no, you can't really mess with goodness there. My number eight is Leon the Professional, which was on our top 100 movie challenge. And so we have talked about it, but Natalie Portman, her first big movie. And um, it's just, it's a good one. Just a good, it's a good movie. I have it. A lot a bit higher. A lot a bit higher. Yeah. My number eight. I also love how different our lists are. Yeah. It's so fun. My number eight is Speed. Oh. It's just, it's a concept that could never be duplicated and still be good. Yeah. To, like, if you're just like, so yeah, they're on this bus and they can't slow down to or a certain. Blow or, it up. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so why is it good? And that's when you go, okay, think of young Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Think of young Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. When, not that no one knew who they were, but. Mm, pretty new on the scene. New on the scene. So you didn't know what to expect from them. Yeah. And it is just phenomenal. Just them two are phenomenal. Just the action and the way they work together and just the way ever just everything about it is just it's so good and how they figure out who who done it and yeah. I, I have it as number six, so I agree. It's a good one. I liked that one. It's good action. It's got yeah. Um so my number seven then is Legends of the Fall. 
And I wouldn't say, okay, so this is what I'm going to tell you about this movie. This was mine and dad's probably first movie date. Um, we went with another couple. And I'm going to tell you, um, this was a theater experience I don't think I've ever had before. Because when Brad Pitt comes rolling up on his horse, I don't think I've ever heard so many women gasp ever in a theater. Like, I can picture exactly where I was sitting everything because when he comes up whether you like him or not like listen he's not on my list of like people whatever but I can appreciate how good looking this man is in this movie and he comes up with this long hair and this beautiful skin and yeah and the whole theater was like (gasps) and it's again it's a love story it's got actually like it's just yeah so I put legends of the fall as seven seven so i've done my six as well so you have to do two of them okay my number seven is the santa claus again oh great tim allen has a good legacy in my head and that's because i don't pay attention to what he says outside of okay movies because that's yeah i push that to the wayside because i don't want to i don't want to think about that he's buzz lightyear he's santa claus like that's right like he's really significant in your childhood so yeah. we're gonna ignore the Especially other stuff the drug stuff yeah. So yeah, number seven. My number six is The Lion King. Aww. I just I felt a lot of nostalgia making this list. Like yeah. it just felt like a lot of movies I grew up with, and then like Leon the Professional. Right. <laughs> which was great, but yeah, maybe not. Maybe not for kids. No, it's definitely not for kids. Um. Okay. Number number five is Forrest Gump. So again, we just watched it. Tom Hanks. You know, just one of those classic great movies. It's got. Uh, I love all the, the the scenes where major events have happened in the U.S. and he's all part of it and Sally Field and Robin Wright and it's just yeah we've talked about Forrest Gump before so yeah that uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest I've been erasing between my three four and five for the last two minutes yeah I'm gonna stick with and I started with Forrest Gump at five and I'm gonna keep it at five okay okay which is pretty wild it is when you think about the movies and it's like because it got so many Oscars and it's just it was such a popular movie but for me it wasn't it's a great movie but I wouldn't say it was my favorite of 94 no and it's compared to these other movies like it's nothing against the movie itself it's just I enjoyed my four through one a lot more than Forrest Gump right are you panicking now like you forgot I'm a movie a little stressed that I oh I might have messed up did I'm you put in a nineteen ninety five movie. I in think there? I did. Yeah, I definitely did. Because when I googled it, I saw a movie. I'm like, is that ninety four? And then I clicked on it, and it wasn't. So you think that's the one I did? Probably. Yeah. Okay, my number four is, which I know is from ninety four, and it is Reality Bites. And if you have not seen this movie, I'm putting it on the Jack has to watch yeah. after list. I have not seen it. So it's Winona Ryder, Ethan Hawke, Ben Stiller. It is Ben Stiller actually directed it. It's um. It was just one of the best movies in the 90s. In, in the 90s. Like, Winona Ryder, like, when I think back now, she was she was such a big part of my 90s experience of movies. Like, I was so obsessed with her. I loved her. And then she kind of fell off the face of the earth, and she got weird with, like, shopping, shoplifting. And she just kind of went through a dark path. And then to see her back on Stranger Things was like, oh, I like, I forgot about I forgot about her, but you know, like you're just like, yes, like I loved her. Like you forgot how significant she was. Yeah. And then it's like slowly I things are coming back again. And so Reality Bites is right up there. It's just like this kind of weird love triangle thing. I don't want I don't want to give too much away because I do want you to watch it. Yeah. I hope I hope reality does bite. <laughs> what a great name though for a movie too, right? That's pretty good. Reality name. Bites. Yeah, so she's she's doing a documentary. <laughs> And so she films stuff. So then it's like this weird filming too, like where it's like a real documentary and then it's like the movie. I don't know. The way it's done is really cool. I liked it. My number four is Leon the Professional. Yes. I'm going to say out of all the movies that I hadn't seen on this whole Top 100 Movie Challenge journey, I think this is my favorite one that we've watched. It was just like, it was action-packed. It was kind of spy-ish, like the way he kind of maneuvered. It had the wild, ridiculous ending. And it just, it all worked their, together so their well. Their whole 
their whole whatever they had this relationship like it didn't even feel like father daughter it just kind of felt like friends yeah like buddies old, but like mentorship friend almost yeah. mentor is a good word well i don't want to say my three now because i messed it up now that i looked it up <coughs> do you know what movie it is usual suspects yes. 1995 <gasps> i'm so upset with myself okay well i had honorable mentions so it's fine okay go ahead my do number three is D2 Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yeah, I knew Mighty Ducks would be on there. As soon as I saw it, I was like, that'll be on Jack's list. Not only is this one of the best, I think it's my second favorite sports movie ever. Really? Yeah, the first Mighty Ducks is good, but this just took it to another level. My only complaint about the entire movie is the Canadian team is at this tournament, but they don't play, like, they play, but they don't even show them, like, playing Canada. Like, Hockey is our game. Yeah. And they don't even play us. Right. And then Wayne Gretzky, who's Canadian, just hangs out with the U.S. team. <gasps> what a traitor. Traitor. My I was about goodness. to say, what's this? When you're spy and you get caught. Oh, and you <clears throat> like you spy for the other team or something. Well, it's it was like it was like during like the Cold War. There's like a lot of Russian spies and they yeah. got caught. and it's not traitor it was something else but yeah d2 mighty ducks it's great they're team so USA. that's your that's your second favorite sports movie of all time i think so wow i don't know if i've ever seen i must have seen d2 probably yeah because you around me enough that i would watch yeah. it yeah it's just when they're like in, is joshua jackson in it yeah nice. and then he like he's gonna like take off his jersey and let someone else play because this guy gets hurt that's a good scene too this guy hurts his wrist and then it's always how i've ta- have figured out if i've ever hurt my wrist and you just you don't have to grab a stick but if you grab any object it just rotate you can figure out if your wrist is injured or not wow look at you yeah great great movie great hockey they play like again they didn't play canada they play like italy russia barbados <laughs> or not not barbados uh trinidad and tobago okay but just not canada right canada they just beat and it doesn't matter oh we're not listening my goodness also the birth of the actual anaheim mighty ducks jerseys which they switched now and right are terrible now but those jerseys are great okay don't shoot glove side on julie the cat gaffney Oh, look at you. You're so cute. Yeah. I would I might watch that movie again soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um this will be interesting our top 2 cuz I feel like we're going to have the same top 2 it just might not be in the same order. I think it'll be the same order. Okay. The top 2 and it's again, it's hilarious that Forrest Gump won all these awards when Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption exist. Yeah. I had Shawshank at 2. Yes, me too. It's Again, and it's nothing against this movie. I love that movie. I think in any other year, it's the best movie of the year. 100%. But Pulp Fiction brought a different level of cinema to our world. Like, we never had a movie like that before, where it was out of order, and it was the ending before the beginning. Like, and just the the characters in this I don't like we've just never we had never had anything like that before and so I just think you have to give it to that but Shawshank is it's a tough one because it's it's just got such a heart to it it's just like with Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins in the jail and it's just it's such a beautiful done movie but it just can't you can't go against Pulp Fiction no again if we're talking about movies that'll be in the top 10 top 10 Pulp Pulp Fiction it's hard hard to beat that I don't know. I'm most. I'm gonna have like five that are all like Quentin Tarantino. No, I'm not. But I'm just saying it's gonna be hard to not have him because I just love his movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. The it's it's a pretty it's hard to pick between those two, but also because they're so different. Like even in Pulp Fiction, when they have this like hold side story when they get kidnapped and they're in a basement and they're gonna get like attacked or <laughs> yeah, raped or raped, whatever yeah. and they get out of it and bruce will like i honestly the like when we watched it because we watched it for this didn't yeah, we? yeah we did yeah i completely forgot bruce willis like was in the movie at all or had that side story yeah and it just fits so well for the movie they intertwine the story so well and then you just have the brief briefcase at the end that's right. just like what's in it what's in it which we already talked about in our movie mysteries we don't know what's in it no. It doesn't matter, though. It's just probably a flashing light. But then you have, like, Uma Thurman, that whole scene of the dancing, like... ODing. Yeah. 
And then they go to that house and they're all screaming and it's just chaos. And Eric Stoltz is there who Eric Stoltz was like so popular in the night in the eighties. He was in a lot of eighties movies and then you didn't really see him. And then there he is again. And he's the big druggy guy. And, uh, and then they accidentally kill the guy because they, they <laughs> hit go a for bump, bump and <laughs> shoots him in just the, the way face. They, d- they talk too. It's like, Oh man, why'd you do that? And they're just all bloody all over. And then they have to call in Harvey Keitel, oh, which is like, Harvey. Like a staple of Tarantino movies yeah. is, is how do you get Harvey Keitel in there? And totally. Tarantino puts himself in the movie and he just loves saying the N word. Yeah. In movies. It's a weird, it's a weird thing, but I just always think back to like Samuel L. Jackson, if he was uncomfortable with that or didn't like it, he, he would say something, I'm sure, right? Not even that, but like he wouldn't have kept working with him. Yeah, 100%. He wouldn't have come back for, yeah. I was about saying Glorious Bastards, but he's not in that. No. For Django. Django. Isn't he in the Hateful Eight? I don't think it's Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Ooh, I don't know. I was about to say Goldie Hawn, but I was just thinking of Kurt Russell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's it. That was a great week of movies. That was my favorite week we've ever had, and I really enjoyed going through the '90s, like '94 movies, because there were some there were some good ones there. All right, let's pick our movies for next week. I know. I hope we have another good week. We don't have very much left. 39. Number 39, Casablanca. Oh, nice. Have you ever seen it? No. There's a pencil behind you. Mm, I don't really want a pencil. Well, you took the pen from last week. I know. It's okay. okay. Did you get it? Is it mixed up? Number 15, Inception. <gasps> nice. That's a good one. Another movie mystery. Yeah, it was, right? Is he dreaming or not? So we already spoiled the movie. Damn it. <laughs> Damn. All right. It's a pretty good week. That's a great week. I'm excited. I've seen Casablanca, so I'm excited. I have not. And but Inception, I don't remember that well. I don't remember it either. So I wouldn't mind. Like, I'm excited to see it again, for sure. It's a great movie. Good old Christopher Nolan. I love Christopher Nolan. Making another appearance. Yep. All right. Casey, got anything else? I got nothing else, Jack. All right. Then besides that, we'll see you next time. Bye.